Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. It is really good to be back with you guys as uh, things went about as good as they could have gone as the Braves ended the season as National League East champs once again for the fifth time in a row. Uh, the Braves, of course, um, had this epic showdown with the New York Mets in Atlanta. Uh, and last, you know, last time we talked, I basically said the Braves really need to sweep uh, for this thing to happen. And that was a daunting task with the idea that they were going to have to beat DeGrom and Scherzer on back-to-back -back nights and then Chris Bassett, who's not uh, too shabby himself. And they did just that. I mean, it was uh, quite a performance from the Braves, a really cool kind of, uh, you know, uh, pre uh, prelude to the postseason, really felt like a postseason game uh, or games for sure. Uh, the Braves fans really showed up. And uh, it was just a really, really cool series. Uh, a lot of big home runs. It really started from the get-go uh, as Austin Riley took uh, DeGrom deep. Uh, then Olsen showed up, goes back-to-back. -back. Matt Olsen and Dansby Swanson were terrific the entire series. And honestly, you know, what I said last time uh, happened. And I really wasn't thinking it was necessarily going to happen. But all three of those guys in the middle of the order uh, you know, Swanson, Olsen, and Riley had really struggled coming into that series. Some of the other Braves had kind of carried the team uh, going into it, and those three guys really showed up, and Olsen really continued to hit, uh, one of the few guys who continued to hit in Miami as well. So it looks like he is really uh, kind of locked in at the exact right moment, uh, but just great signs from the Braves, and uh, what, what a cool way to end the season. Uh, you know, just this showdown against this team you've been chasing all year. You go out and you beat them. And, you know, you, you got to give total credit to the Braves. They chased down an incredibly good Mets team. Um, you know, both teams end up winning 101 games. You can't really say the Mets collapsed uh, like the Mets have been known to do over the last, you know, few decades. Um, this is probably the best Mets team that um, – has been around since the mid eighties and, uh, and yet the Braves still did exactly what they had to do, uh, to take the national league East crown by, uh, taking that, uh, decisive game. Uh, you know, they get the, the season series win, uh, 10 to nine. And that's how close it was beating the Mets 10 to nine head to head. And then they had the exact same 101 and 61 records otherwise. So, just really cool stuff, you know. You think about the Braves, you think about uh, how they win, and this um, this formula that they have created really starting last year, I think particularly, and, uh, you know, it worked really well for them last year, obviously, winning the World Series, and I see it happening again. Um, you know, not that they're necessarily uh, a lot to win the World Series. They have a long way to go and some really good teams to beat, uh, but you do see this formula playing out once again, you know, these high character guys who are, um, you know, who have created a great clubhouse culture. I think that is kind of the foundation of, of the team. If you want to talk about, you know, the way the Braves are built. Yeah. You know, good starting pitching uh, that, that's going to keep you in the game and a really, really good bullpen, maybe the best in baseball overall um, that once you get into that bullpen, it's really hard to score against them. On top of that, you know, the Braves throw throw out a bunch of guys who can hit home runs. And so that's why occasionally it can be kind of frustrating. You know, you, you run into a really good pitcher 
the Braves are going to have a hard time um, creating a ton of runs uh, off of you know a bunch of singles. But yeah, they can they can blast you, and you saw that take place against the Mets in that series. Uh, a couple hanging uh, changeups and sliders from from Degrom and Scherzer, and they definitely made them pay for that. Um, and you know the other thing I really appreciate about this team is how much they've really embraced the big game moments. Uh, growing up a Braves fans, all of those chances the Braves had in the playoffs in the 90s and early 2000s, you actually, unfortunately, you tended to see the opposite where the Braves were tremendous in the regular season, but uh, some of their players would kind of shrink in the postseason or, or maybe not shrink, but just not be quite as good. Um, or, you know, other teams would have these guys who'd come out of nowhere, play out of their minds, and they'd beat the Braves. And it just seems like the Braves now have have guys who, when these big games happen, they step up even bigger. Uh, Dansby Swanson, I think, is one of those guys. I don't know that he's ever going to be, you know, a a top ten guy in terms of his offense production in the league. Um, obviously, he brings a ton to the plate defensively, and he's he's pretty much been a top ten guy overall this year. He's he's had a great season, but. He really shows up in big games, and, and you just got to give him credit for that. Um, maybe Matt Olson is that guy, too. He has not had many big games in his career. I uh, haven't come up with o Oakland, but we're going to find out about him as well as we as we uh, already have seen some glimpses in that big Met series. You know, uh, a lot of the Braves actually after the game were saying that this was their favorite division win. Uh, I think A.J. Minter particularly said that. It was, you know, his his favorite year so far. And that's saying something considering how last last season ended up for the Braves. But this is this has to be their most impressive of these five straight division titles. Uh, you know, it's the the first time the Braves have won over hundred games, I think since two thousand three. Uh so just by the numbers it's it's been an incredibly impressive season. But of course when you consider how the how the season started the Braves uh, on June 1st are 23 and 27. Uh, a lot of things were going wrong, and I'm going to go into that of, man, how did this team win 101 games when you think of all the things that went wrong early in the season for them? Uh, but probably what he means is it's totally earned. Like the Mets, like I said, did not collapse. This wasn't given to them. You know, last season the Braves won uh, the NL East by winning 88 games. You know, there wasn't really another team that was actually doing enough to earn to you know to earn that title. And so yeah, the Braves won it and then of course took advantage and won the World Series. But but this one is totally earned. You know, it was it was taken. It was taken from the Mets. And uh it's kind of uh <laughs> maybe extra sweet. It's always extra sweet to beat the New York Mets. I don't know why that is, but uh it just it just feels a little better that way. Uh so yeah the Braves start this season 23 and 27 just, I mean, to say that they were sputtering out of the gates is an understatement. Uh, nothing seemed to be going right. Incredibly frustrating to watch the team play during those first two months. And then, um, you know, everything turned. You know, it, it's it's too simplistic to say that if uh, a switch flipped, uh, they, they simply started doing things better, started playing the game uh, smarter, uh, in the right way, far less mistakes being made. And then on top of that, some guys got hot and then some new faces really um, played a huge role. But they go from June 1st on, they go 78 and 34 um, with the best 
or they might have been tied with the Dodgers for the best record uh, from that point on. They actually might have finished one one game better than the Dodgers, but but they're basically the best best team in baseball since that point. Which again, as Braves fans, should give you a lot of encouragement. Of okay, I mean they've been showing it for a long time. This iteration of the Braves is basically that team that has been playing at that level for so long. And so you do feel really good about their chances. And, of course, most of these guys have been in these high-pressure situations before. They know what to expect from the playoffs. You never know what um, you know. teams that don't have that experience are going to do. Are they going to wilt? Some teams, you know, they, they love it and they embrace it and they go on a run. But a lot of times, if it's your first time out there, um, you know, it, things get nervous. Those butterflies can, can affect people in a lot of ways. I don't know if. Many of you guys out there have ever been, you might even have to think back to high school, but you know, a pressure moment, suddenly you can't feel your legs, you can't feel, feel your, your fingers. Um, and you know, how do you respond? Some guys respond really well to that. Some guys do not. So we'll have to obviously have to see where that goes, but the Braves have been there. And I think a lot of them are going to benefit from that experience. So let's, let's just do, you know, most of this, uh, this episode, I want to do kind of a retrospective of the season. How did we get here? How did the Braves end up uh, securing this NL East championship? But let's start with kind of the negative. You know, the first two months, what went wrong uh, so so much for the Braves in these early months? And basically, what did the team have to overcome? Again, what Mentor is talking about, you know, um, why this is maybe his favorite year is they had to overcome, this team had to overcome a tremendous amount, and they did it. Um, but it was ugly early on. So, you know, early in the season, of course, you know, a lot of people will talk about the the World Series hangover, whether that's real or perceived. I think there was some reality just in that, you know, the guys, you don't have your full, maybe your full rest. I mean, it uh, takes a tremendous toll on certain guys, I think, especially in the bullpen. And we're seeing that particularly, I think, with Tyler Matzik this year. But just a, a a major toll that it took emotionally and physically on some of these guys. Was that real? Yeah, probably so. Um, but also just a lot of very sloppy baseball, you know, poor base running, uh, base running mistakes, uh, really bad outfield defense. Uh, that might have been less about the mental side of things, but just the reality of how the team was made up in the outfield uh, early on in the season. Uh, really bad approach at the plate from pretty much the entire offense. I mean, if you if you'll recall, it was it was really ugly early on. Tons of strikeouts um, to the point. I mean, almost of historic proportions. And of course, this team still strikes out a lot, but they definitely have rectified um, wh- what was going on early in the year. It just seemed like uh, it felt like every other at bat, all you know, all game was was a strikeout. They just could not put the bat on the ball in a lot of games. So, yeah, they definitely played under um, under what they were capable of offensively um, and defensively, and that, that is not a good recipe for success. Uh, you had a, a lot of issues with the team. Uh, you know, the bullpen, Luke Jackson goes down before the season even starts with Tommy John surgery. I mentioned Matzik from the beginning of the year was clearly not himself, uh, you know, and he really hasn't regained fully his form. I think he's he's kind of figured out how to do some things and, and at least be a useful piece. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he was the guy in last year's playoffs, um, you know, a, a playoff hero 
and yet he probably we probably won't see him much in the playoffs unless there's a really favorable matchup for him to come in uh, in some earlier innings. Uh, but you know, high leverage stuff is probably not going to be Matzik this year, uh, just because of you know I think he he sacrificed so much, um, you know, in in that playoffs last year. I think he probably sacrificed this season to to get that done. We can really appreciate what he did last year. <laughs> we would not have World Series rings. Um, the Braves would not if not for Tyler Matzik. And then of course Will Smith. Will Smith was. Uh, Lights out in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, he had some struggles in the regular season last year. But, uh, again, he was great in the playoffs. He came back this year, just clearly uh, did not have it. Took a step back. And so three out of the four guys from the, the vaunted night shift um, were, were really not there for the Braves in the bullpen. Nonetheless, the bullpen actually has probably been the most consistent piece of this entire um, this entire team, but yeah, I mean, still some struggles early. I do remember, you know, a few games were blown, uh, early, especially in April, uh, just adding to some, some early frustrations, the rotation, you know, you're expecting Charlie Morton to be really your number two starter, uh, behind Max Freed. That has not happened. You know, Morton has struggled. Um, he's, he's had some nice little runs, uh, this season, but for the most part, especially with the home run ball. Morton has really struggled. It's very interesting. I'm going to talk a little bit more near the end of this episode about his $20 million um, contract that he signed. So he will be coming back to the Braves next year. Um, that was a little surprising, but you know, let me, let me wait on that. I'll talk about it a little later, but, but yeah, Morton struggled. And then of course, Ian Anderson struggling all season to the point of being demoted to AAA and then having an oblique injury being, being shelved for the rest of the year. So really a lost season for Ian Anderson. And when you think about that, even just those things, okay, two of your top four starters uh, are going to be, you know, either non-factors or are going to have really down years. That's going to hurt any team. Are you going to be able to overcome that? The Braves have. All right, but we're not done. You know, some other uh, early struggles, the outfield, the outfield was really in shambles early in the season. Eddie Rosario comes out, Struggling to the point of like you're not sure why he's this bad, and then you realize you find out that he's he has to have eye surgery. He basically had an, a hole in his eye, um, and uh, you know I I actually still am not sure that that has been fully um, rectified. Uh, if you if you watch him, uh, still you know he had a couple of really bad miscues in the outfield. You know he's never been a good outfielder, but sometimes you know if you miss a ball, it's going off your glove, or you like you can't track it. I really just wonder. If if he's quite right, I really hope he's able to get right. Um, if it's if there's some things that we don't know about that are still bothering him, but anyways, I mean, just totally, you know, you go from him being one of your best hitters in the playoffs, a huge reason why you won the World Series, and then him not really being able to contribute at all early in the season. Adam Duvall was also struggling mightily to begin the year. Uh, you know, you're also banking on him being a center fielder, and he clearly um, was you know, for the long run was not able to do that and probably hurting him, uh, his offense as well. Uh, so, you know, the, the Braves offense and defense in the outfield was just really, really bad. Ozuna had really hasn't been good all year. He actually finished the, the season on a little bit of a high note, hitting a little better, but let's be honest. I mean, just not giving you anything off, uh, out, out in the outfield defensively and his offense just hasn't been very good this year either. 
And of course, we didn't have Ronald Acuna in the outfield to begin the year. You know, first month or so, Acuna is not out there, and he has not been the Ronald Acuna of old yet. We, I really don't expect him to be until next season. Um, it's, but it was a big boost getting him back out there. Um, did he come back maybe a little early? I don't know, but but it's been uh, obviously much better to have him out there than not. Uh, so the outfield in shambles early on. Uh, let's talk about the infield. You know, Dansby Swanson had one of the worst Aprils uh, you could imagine him having. Um, and very thankfully, he he turned it on in a big way after that. But that was a tough one to, uh, a tough pill to swallow uh, when you're already struggling. Everybody else seems to be struggling the lineup too. Ozzie Albies, of course, uh, later on breaks his foot and misses, you know, a, a large portion of the season. Hope to see him back in the playoffs potentially. Uh, as he came back and then uh, quickly broke his pinky finger, and so it's it's been a pretty much a lost season for Ozzy too. So you know you you start stacking up all of these negative things uh, that the Braves experienced uh, early on in the season, and you just it is amazing that this team could make the playoffs, much less win 101 games. So I really think that's uh, what Mentor is getting at when he says this is his favorite run it, it is something that that these guys every every guy has stepped up um this does not happen with just one or two guys having career years um this is a a team win um to the max uh you know the story goes that right there in uh arizona the braves had just had one of their worst sloppiest losses of the season snicker calls a team meeting uh, the braves are at this point ten and a half games out of the East, behind New York, who was playing terrific baseball, um, and you know he, his message to the team: you know, this was not a a shout at you to try to wake you up kind of meeting. Uh, Snicker doesn't, I don't think, he doesn't do that anyways. But he basically just said, "Guys, I know you're playing hard. That's not the problem. We're just not playing smart. We're not playing Braves baseball, and you got to start playing like champions. Uh, you know, playing smart, uh, quality baseball." And I think it's one of those things that all the Braves players must have known that. But, you know, when when your manager says it out loud, you know, sometimes sometimes things need to be said out loud. And and he did it. And um, everybody kind of started moving in the same direction. And it clicked immediately. I mean, it honestly clicked immediately. The Braves, from that point, go on a 14-game winning streak. That is really the hinge point of the entire season. Uh, you know, there's other really crucial moments throughout the rest of the season that got them uh, to uh, be able to win the the East. But of course, that is the moment. That is the moment that they go really from not even being good enough to be a playoff team to figuring things out and playing like they were capable of playing. Um, you know, they stopped making those sloppy errors, um, those sloppy um, mental mistakes, stopped beating themselves. And then at the same time, right, that in and of itself wasn't, that's not the only thing that turned them around. They got some new faces, right? They got some uh, some recruits in there that um, played way better than anybody was playing, especially in the outfield. But but on several levels, you have guys stepping up that uh, at the beginning of the year, we weren't really even talking about. And, you know, th this season does not happen without those guys. So I definitely want to dive a little bit into, okay, how did the Braves do this? How really did they overcome 
you know, this early season um, lull, these, these struggles, this malaise, if you will, that they were going through and figuring it out. And, you know, of course, I mentioned this before, but it really starts with um, them calling up Michael Harris to center field and, of course, putting Spencer Strider in um, in the rotation. Now, it doesn't end there. We're going to go into some other guys, too. But I just, you know, want to point out once again how incredibly crucial uh, Michael Harris and Spencer Strider were to this team, playing at all-star levels. Um, and really, honestly, for Michael Harris, maybe even an MVP level. Now, he wasn't, um, of course, you know, out there enough to garner uh, MVP consideration but if if you extrapolate what he did over the course of a full season he's in the mvp running no doubt and he might be next year if he keeps doing it uh that would be pretty cool but michael harris uh coming up uh just before i think he came up about four or five games before that uh that 14 game winning streak actually happened um so basically about four months worth of play michael harris um Played at a four point or sorry five point three uh, wins above replacement, uh, and a, had a one thirty five OPS. You know when he came up, you might recall everybody was talking about okay, this is going to do great things for the Braves' defense. I mean, the outfield defense was atrocious; it was was one of the worst in baseball. So it was very obvious that this was going to at least solidify the Braves' uh, outfield defense, and it certainly did that. In fact, I think he's been more impressive defensively than anybody really thought he would be playing at a gold glove caliber pace. But at the same time, 135 OPS, that is elite offense. Uh, that is uh, all-star, absolutely high-level all-star uh, output for sure. And no one, I don't think, was fully expecting that. Uh, there were some good things from Harris. But but even before he came up, you know, people were talking about he hadn't really tapped into much of his power um, uh, you know, he, he goes the other way a lot, uh, but his, his ability to hit the ball out the other way has been tremendous to me. Uh, if you've watched the Braves much, they've talked a good bit about, uh, he pretty much immediately made an adjustment to lower his hands with his stance. And I think that that's really unlocked a lot of the things he's been, been able to do offensively this season. And it's just been pretty cool to watch. I like Michael a lot. I like how he carries himself. He has a lot of confidence. Uh, he's not like a real... You know, he's not a Ronald Acuna in, in that he's not as expressive um, out there, but he's he's steady and he's he's fun to watch. Uh, of course, you know, 19 home runs in this time, over 20 stolen bases. Uh, so he's the real deal. He's the full package. Uh, a cannon for an arm had some of the the coolest, uh, you know, throwing guys out at home plate uh, highlights you'll see. So we are all very happy that he is an Atlanta Brave. But Spencer Strider also, too, entering the, the rotation when he did, um, just was pretty much dominant from the beginning. I mean, he had one or two clunker starts, but but for the most part, just striking people out left and right. Um, really a historic run for him, and that's not hyperbole. Um, the fastest uh, pitcher ever uh, in a season to 200 strikeouts. Uh, according to baseball reference, a 3.7 wins above replacement. Uh, I've, I've actually heard that number higher several other places, but we can go with that. Uh, 202 strikeouts uh, and only 45 walks in 131 and two-thirds innings. 
Uh, and of course, he got shut down with an oblique injury. You know, those innings he probably missed his last two starts, or those numbers, um, those counting stats could have been even a little higher. But still, I mean, just an incredible run from these two. One of them, I think, probably Harris, uh, but one of these guys is going to win the the Rookie of the Year, and they'd probably, in a normal year, um, you know, be you know they'd walk away with with the um, with the award, either one of them. So. Just tremendous right there. You know, I, I thought, um, and you can go back and listen, by the way, there, there's proof somewhere down the line. But, you know, I, I really did think that Harris was going to um, make his debut at some point in the season. And that was simply because it was very clear that the Braves didn't have a true center fielder and they were going to struggle defensively. And that that did happen. Um but, you know, I, I didn't think it was going to happen as early. And, of course, I wasn't thinking that Harris was going to be as incredibly good as he's been. Who, who could have expected that? Um, but, you know, Spencer Strider doing what he did, uh, no. I, no one expected this. I don't think. Maybe he did. But uh, he's I really like Strider. He's, he's a fun guy. Um, he has a, a pretty cool attitude. Uh, about things, um, and he has he, he has played out for sure, really being the Braves' number two starter uh, if he's healthy. So obviously his health going forward into the playoffs is going to be really key. Uh, William Contreras, you know, I don't think William gets talked about enough. Uh, he didn't make his debut for the Braves this year. He technically wasn't a rookie this year, but in in all intents and purposes, he he this really was his first full um, look. Uh, at the major league level, and he clearly made some adjustments from last season. Very much a different hitter and a really good hitter. Of course, he ends up making the all-star team as a DH, kind of playing half DH and half catcher this season. He has played at a 2.8 wins above replacement with an incredible 138 OPS. That's even better than Michael Harris. So he has hit the ball and hit hit it with authority. I, You know, I will make the argument, and I'm going to love on – on Snicker um, at the uh, at later on in this podcast uh, episode, but this is one area that I think Snicker uh, messed up a little bit. There was a period, especially in the middle of the season, that Contreras was not getting many at bats at all, and for some reason, even though he was still hitting uh, way better than uh, Ozuna or anybody else who was DHing. Nonetheless, I mean, when he has been out there, he has been really, really good. Uh, just incredibly encouraging that we have him and Darno. Um, as the best catching tandem in uh, baseball. And Contreras has been a big part of the Braves' success this year. He's had some really big hits, uh, some big home runs. He's had a couple games where it's kind of been him offensively. Uh, and I like Contreras a lot. I love his ability to hit the ball the other way with authority. I mean, him and Harris both have a pretty unique um, way of hitting. And, and to be able to hit the other way and hit home runs out the other way at, the way that they do is, is pretty cool. Uh, Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright is, is a guy that, you know, he has this great moment in the World Series last year. Uh, he comes in, uh, d- you know, just pretty much determined to win a spot. He had obviously made a lot of really good adjustments last year in AAA. But I don't think anybody um, could have expected him to have the level of success that he had. Now, I also... Sorry, I'm not tooting my own horn too much, but I also thought he would have a pretty good year. I thought he, but what I was thinking is pretty good, meaning maybe he's your fourth starter and, you know, he, he doesn't get sent down to AAA and, and he's, he's a solid contributor and he's kind of figured some things out. He was much better than that. 
Uh, he pitched to a 3.6 wins above replacement, 21 wins, a major league leading. Let me say that again, a major league leading 21 wins, even though a lot of people don't value wins anymore. It does still tell you something, right? It tells you that you're putting your team in a chance to win every every time out. You're going a little deeper into games, right? You're 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 exiting the game with the lead. <laughs> and then, of course, the Braves have a good bullpen that typically holds leads. And this is why, um, you know, you put all that together and you get a lot of wins. And that's what Kyle Wright uh, did this year. Uh, you know, 180.1, uh, 180 uh, innings pitched, uh, basically, and uh, a whip of 1.16. So just, you know, exactly what you would want from a starter, uh, more than you could have expected really in his first full season. And it's really cool for Wright who struggled through, you know, he, here's this, you know, he's, he was chosen fifth overall in the draft a few years ago and then struggled to get to the big leagues. They kind of changed uh, some of the pitches he was throwing. It really messed him up as much as I really like the Braves development um, system. And we've seen that with all these young guys coming up and, and having success. They did not do, Kyle Wright many favors, but, you know, he kind of went back to what made him successful at Vanderbilt and he figured it out. And, and to his credit, I mean, he's doing it. Is Kyle Wright going to be the guy that, that dominates and, you know, goes out and pitches seven or eight innings of, of, of shutout baseball? Not typically, but he's going to give you six, six or seven innings and two runs uh, allowed. I mean, that's in <laughs> for a good team. That's gold. And that's what he's been this season. Uh, if not for Kyle Wright, remember, with Morton and with um, with Ian Anderson struggling, if the Braves don't have Kyle Wright, uh, they are in a world of hurt. All right, now the second baseman. You know, Ozzy goes down. What would the Bra where would the Braves have have been without Orlando Arcia and Vaughn Grissom? These two, I'm going to put them as like a package deal a little bit. Okay, so. Arcia fills in for, for Ozzy for some time, then, of course, gets hurt, goes down. Grissom comes up, uh, is just knocking the cover off the ball for a little while, starts to struggle a little bit, and then here at the very end of the season, Arcia has taken back over. So Arcia, who really for his career has been pretty much a backup player and then even you know went down to AAA for a time uh, before he came back up with the Braves last year, last year. Um, he has worked uh, for a 0.8 wins above replacement. Now that might not sound like too much, but that's only in at about that's about 200 at bats. All right, so you can you could you know say times three uh, for a full season's worth of Orlando Arcia. Now that's a that's starter level. I mean that is really solid stuff from Orlando Arcia, and he's had some really big hits um, for the Braves. He's had some really big moments. He had a uh, 104 OPS, which again, offensively, is about average, league average, which if you'd said from Orlando RC, you're going to get league average hitting and, and above average defense. Um, that's that's excellent, right? Uh, you, you'll take that from him. Uh, he, he has a career 75 OPS, right? So for him to have a 104 OPS this year, he's had a really solid year for sure. Now, on top of that, he goes down, Vaughn Grissom comes in, Grissom. Uh, and even less time than Arcia, uh, 0 0.9 wins above replacement, almost a full win and a 121 OPS, which is really good. Uh, and that's even with a few struggles that he had in uh, the week or two before, you know, he goes to the bench and Arcia comes back. Not quite as good defensively, maybe as Arcia, but these two guys, uh, 
when when Ozzy went down, have have they been all stars? Have they been like world changers? I mean, Grissom was for for the first couple of weeks he came up. I mean, he was really exciting, and I'm still really excited about him long term. But but yeah, I mean, they have stepped in um, and and done the job. And in this kind of situation, when an all star like Ozzy goes down, that's kind of all you can ask for. So that's been really good. Uh, some other unlikely contributors, guys we didn't see coming, just the young arms, you know, and I'll say particularly Dylan Lee and Bryce Elder. So Dylan Lee out of the bullpen as a rookie uh, has pitched a 1.3 wins above replacement. It's really hard to get to that level as a reliever. That's really good. Um, under, oh, under one whip, uh, a 0 0.987 whip this season. Again, that's walks and hits allowed per innings pitched. That's very, very good. Bryce Elder, you know, he's only he's only pitched a few games. I mean, he came up in these spot starts. Um, I'm guessing he had about six or seven starts total this season, and then maybe a couple other uh, appearances out of the bullpen. And he he earned a full win above replacement this year, 1.0 win above replacement, and uh, pitched to a 3.17 ERA. His last start against um, the Marlins wasn't particularly great, but he had some tremendous starts. Uh, for the Braves, in, including a, a complete game shutout. And I will say this, his complete game against Washington uh, leading up to the Mets series, I mean, that might be one of the mo more strategically crucial uh, starts for the Braves the entire year. It, it allowed the bullpen to be fully rested and ready to go for that Mets series, especially the back end of that uh, bullpen, you know, was used heavily in that Mets series, and they were rested. And uh, in large part, it was because of that start from Bryce Elder. So this whole group, right, all these guys, and I'll mention them again, uh, Michael Harris, Spencer Strider, William Contreras, Kyle Wright, R.C. and Grissom together at second, and then Dylan Lee and Bryce Elder. If you take all those guys together, they earned us a 19.4 wins above replacement as a group. Those, All of those guys together, you are not expecting to be really big contributors for the Braves, and they were. The Braves don't get, probably don't get to the playoffs, much less win uh, the, the National League East without all of these guys, right? You pull one of these guys out and they might not get there. So really crucial stuff. This is how a team like the Braves uh, wins uh, five straight uh, division championships. This is how they win this division championship with all of those things going wrong early in the season. You know, with that being said, yeah, there were there were definitely the the steady contributors, the guys you were counting on to be kind of the leaders of the team, they still were, right? Nobody really fell off the map. Max Freed was Max Freed. Travis Darno was really solid as, as kind of the primary catcher. Dansby Swanson, after that really bad April, was terrific. He had the best season of his career thus far. Uh, Austin Riley was really, really good once again. He backs, backs up his, his great 2021 with another great 2022. You know, he had a slow uh, September but he had a tremendous middle of the year, especially July. He was July Player of the Month for the National League. You know, for a time, got into the MVP um, discussion. He's not there anymore, but still a great hitter, and he's going to be big in the playoffs, I think. The entire bullpen was tremendous for the Braves, especially, and I just want to mention these four guys. Uh, A.J. Mentor is the kind of long guy, you know, from the night shift who's still going strong. Um, I already mentioned Dylan Lee. Uh, Iglesias, that was probably the biggest uh, pickup for Anthopolis during the um, during the trade deadline. He's been tremendous. I think he's only allowed one run 
um, in all of his appearances for the Braves. Colin McHugh has been really good. He had a couple bad outings really early in the year, but since then has been uh, tremendous. I mean, and there's other guys that have, have played roles that you really didn't necessarily expect. You know, the Braves go out and get Jesse Chavez twice, <laughs> and he's been good for the Braves. Jackson Stevens has played kind of a utility role uh, for the Braves in, in important ways. Of course, um, you know, Jansen has been hit and miss. He went through some real struggles, especially early September. It looks like he's kind of turned it around as well, kind of got the feel back for his cutter. So, yeah, the bullpen has been lights out uh, for the most part. And then I'll mention Matt Olson. You know, Matt Olson has definitely recovered here in the last two weeks of uh, of the season. I was pretty hard on him last, last time around uh, because he had, I mean, he had a terrible September uh, and kind of hate it for him. Uh, but yeah, he definitely, I mean, was this his greatest season ever? No, it was probably his worst season, uh, you know, worst full season as a big leader. And yet, um, I still think it, it wasn't a failure. It just kind of, you know, he has the moments of, okay, we know that he's really, really good. He's really talented. If he can, um, you know, avoid just uh, the kind of September that he had, uh, then that would be great. But maybe he'll have a great October too. And, and you know, again, he had... Huge, huge moments in that Mets series. So I'll, I'll mention him too. Steady contributor for the most part. Yeah, so all these things, right? The, these steady contributors that the Braves obviously are counting on to be kind of their stars, their their foundational guys. These guys that they didn't see coming and, and being, con I mean, this is what having a great organization, being a great organization is all about, right? Baseball is is a game where you're not relying on a few stars to carry you. It doesn't work that way. You you need everybody, and the Braves certainly got that for sure. You know, and I think one reason why you have this consistency from the organization it starts with Snicker. So I do want to give a lot of a lot of props to Brian Snicker. Um, is he the greatest you know in game manager to ever be? You know, probably not. <laughs> um, I don't think he's actually bad, and I think he's gotten better in that regard. But you know, he's a Bobby Cox in in the best way possible. Uh, Bobby Cox also wasn't the greatest in-game manager ever, but you know, he gets his guys motivated. They play for him, and uh, you know, he's got their back. And I think in the long run of a season, it's that kind of it's that kind of thing, that kind of leadership that gets you division titles because baseball is such a long long haul. There were so many chances this season that the Braves could have folded it up or at the very least folded up the, the East and just been like, no, you know, we got a World Series last year. We'll get into the playoffs. So, you know, it's fine. We're, we'll be okay. They didn't do that um, to their credit. I mean, they they showed a lot of character uh, by, by hanging in there. They keep fighting. And I think a lot of that comes down to Snicker, his leadership. Um, you know, he, this even keeled steadiness that he brings to the team. Um, most teams probably would not have overcome a 10 and a half game deficit against a really good Mets team. Uh, most teams would not have come back after losing four out of five in New York when they did in August and come back again and do what they did. They never panicked. Uh, it didn't look like they ever wavered as a team in what they could do. Snicker, sometimes I think to a fault, you know, shows confidence in his players. He'll put them in situations where they they could fail. Um, 
and yet he's uh, he's he's going to back him up. And you know what that does as a player is you want to run through a wall for the guy because he's not giving up on you after you fail a couple of times. Baseball, of course, is a game of failure, um, and you know managers who who give up on guys early they don't last. And guys, you know those guys are not gonna uh, not gonna fight for that manager because they gave up on him. So you know there's a lot of examples of that throughout this long season. Kenley Jansen, of course, is a good example of that. Snicker kept putting him out there. You know, I was done with Jansen. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I, I was like, put Iglesias in as the closer. <laughs> Jansen doesn't have it. You know, and, and Jansen still might lose it again in the in the postseason and, you know, we'll be frustrated by that. But, um, you know, Snicker's not going to do that. He is going to hold the line with that guy um, as long as he can. Odorizzi, you know, starting Odorizzi against the Marlins in the clinching game when you just, you have to get that win. Um, I was scratching my head for sure. And Odorizzi came out and pitched a really nice game. Um, and you do understand it on that level. I mean, Jake Odorizzi has to love himself some Brian Snicker at this point, right? Because he showed him some, he showed him confidence that really he had not earned. And um, he gave him a chance to contribute. Um, and to help the team out, uh, Odorizzi had not shown anything in the last several starts, and yet he went out and pitched a good game. And, um, and you know, popping that champagne, feeling like he had contributed to, to this effort. And uh, I'm sure that he is very thankful for that. And that's what, that, that's what Snicker does to his guys, and that's why they love him. Um, you know, it's not just Snicker, by the way. You know, the Braves, one thing I love about the Braves is they, I think they probably have one of the best coaching staffs, in, maybe the best coaching staff in all of baseball, right? Because of, you know, you talk about Ron Washington and Walt Weiss and, um, you know, Eric Young and all these guys that are just clearly, you know, they know what, they know their stuff. Um, they, they all, in their own ways, um, communicate well with their players. The players, obviously, um, really respect these guys, uh, and that matters a lot. But the other thing that I appreciate about Snicker is, uh, you know, how much he has developed this clubhouse into a really good winning culture, right? This, it's confident, right? They're confident because they're confident. They, they're loose. Um, they're, they are not tight. They, they know that they're good. Um, they've been there before now as well. And so I think this really benefits them. I think it's probably why they walk into Atlanta playing the Mets in a three-game series. Uh, those teams are pretty much even, and they come out with a sweep because the Mets were tight um, and the Braves weren't. The Braves were confident. They've been there before. They go out. They get it done. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways that they, they do this. They really, um, you know, push all in into this clubhouse culture thing. One, one thing that you might have seen, maybe you missed it, is as the Braves um, went on these last several road trips of the season, they took along some guys that aren't on their active roster. So like Luke Jackson, who is known to be, uh, you know, a glue guy, a guy who everybody in the bullpen keeps them loose, um, they brought him on the trip. Darren O'Day, is known for being that guy. You see him in, uh, you see him on the bench all the time, even though he's not really pitching for the Braves anymore. Ozzie Albies, even though he's injured now, you're seeing Ozzie 
um, on the in the dugout. So you know the Braves know that this is important, and uh, you know they're they're making sure that that they keep the clubhouse loose and and kind of a positive atmosphere. And I think it's paying off. Do not underestimate uh, the importance of a positive clubhouse. Positivity, I'm I'm all about that. And negative negativity can can bring down any organization, any team, any group. Um, <clears throat> you know, and the Braves are full of I think positive guys, guys who don't complain, guys who don't undermine the coaching staff. Um, you know, respect the coaching staff. Uh, that's really important. You know, never don't underestimate um, the the damage that having a few jerks on on a team can do. Right, a few guys who won't take ownership, who are always looking to blame somebody else, who are always complaining about the coaching staff or that sort of thing. That kind of stuff can can erode a team really quickly. And I guarantee you more baseball clubhouses have those kind of guys um, than not. And I just don't think the Braves have much of that at all. And if they do have some of that, I just think, you know, guys like Dansby Swanson and, and Riley, they're just going to they're going to squash that really quickly. Um that has all, and I think that's why you see, you see guys come to Atlanta and play better, right? You see guys leave Atlanta and play worse. And, you know, is that all X's and O's and, you know, all these little tweaks? I think sometimes it's just if you enjoy a place, if you're having a good time, um, if you're generally in a positive environment, it's going to rub off. It, you, you're going to see the, the effects of that. Um, Culture matters. I've said that a lot, and I think the Braves, one of the things I really appreciate about the Braves is how much they are thoughtful about their culture. And, you know, the more I think about it, and I've, I've, I've given it some good thought um, these last few weeks, is um, bringing back Dansby Swanson. You know, I don't want to dive too deeply in that right now. As we get to the offseason, we'll obviously talk about that a lot. But I've gotten, you know, I've always been kind of frustrated by Dansby, especially offensively. He's so hit and miss. He goes on these great swings and then he'll, he'll, you know, tank it for a while. He didn't, he hasn't done that as much this year though. He had, you know, he also did have a slow September, but, but nonetheless, I, I think I've come around uh, to really wanting Dansby back. Um, I was definitely not there at the beginning of the year. I was kind of ready to move on. Um, but with with Freddie leaving, uh, you know, the Braves making that call, um, Dansby is probably the clearest leader uh, on the Braves team. Yeah, I mean, you can maybe, you know, there's probably a couple pitchers there. You know, maybe Austin Riley is is one of those guys too. But but I think Dansby is kind of the consummate Brave in terms of their clubhouse, their culture, what they value. And in losing Freddie Freeman, I think if you lose Swanson too, you really start to wear thin the guys that you can really, really count on to carry that culture uh, from year to year. Now, you know, all that being said, if if some other team throws out a crazy number at Dansby and he takes it and he just goes somewhere else, I mean, the Braves are not going to be able to, um, you know, to stand in the way. Now, they have plenty of money. I mean, I guess they could technically, but, you know, the Braves tend to not overpay for guys. So it's going to be interesting this offseason, but, I'm just saying in terms of my take, um, I'm much more on the bring Dansby back train than I used to be. We'll have to see where it goes, but you know, I, I do appreciate Swanson. I appreciate, I appreciate certainly his ability to show up in clutch moments. He definitely has been doing that over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, in terms of people saying, 
certain guys are winning players. Um, you know what I think that means. And I think Swanson is one of those guys. I think that means they're professional. You know, they, they improve generally the clubhouse and the culture of the team. And also they show up when it matters. And, and I think that is Dansby Swanson. So, um, well, again, we'll see where the Braves go this off season. Obviously we'll see uh, what happens in the postseason. Maybe there's some other special moments for Swanson coming up. All right, so the last one of the last things I want to talk about today. I'm going a little longer today, but you know, it's really let's let's take some time to reflect on this season and how special it's been. When you uh, tie, when the Braves tie the Mets with 101 wins, 61 losses, and the um, the first time in history that a division is decided by a tiebreak, right, a head-to-head matchup tiebreak, the Braves beat the Mets 10 to nine. I mean, that's as this is close to even of a season as you can get between two teams. So it made me think back to all of the games that the Braves won uh, that they could have lost. And, of course, I can't remember all of them. Uh, you guys probably remember some that I don't mention. And, of course, there were also some losses the Braves had, some heartbreaking losses that, you know, could have. Uh, if it had gone one game different, uh, we would be talking about those as those are the ones that, that kept the Braves from, from winning the East, but luckily that's not how it went. So I just wanted to to um, remind you guys of just a few um, a few wins the Braves had that you might have forgotten about. And yes, if any of these had gone the other way, the Braves wouldn't have done it. So what about Orlando Arcee's walk off homer in May uh, against Boston? Um, this is actually in the middle of the Braves' bad start, right? Bad stretch. Arcia uh, hits a two-run homer. Uh, Braves win the game five to three, and uh, you know, thank goodness. I mean, in, in the moment, that was just kind of a reprieve from really bad baseball. And you know, I mentioned Arcia had some big moments uh, in this season. This is not a guy we were expecting to have a lot of big at bats, and that was one of them. Uh, then again, Arcia uh, and and Duvall, right? Adam Duvall. Uh, on back-to-back nights in June, walk off the Giants with uh, with walk-off singles. Uh, you know, this was when the Braves had turned things around or were beginning to, and uh, the Giants came to town. Arcia walks them off one night. Duvall walks them off the next. Uh, in July, the Braves beat Shohei Otani. You might remember that game. That was a pretty fun one because it was a it was a shutout through about six or seven innings. Olsen hits a home run off Otani. The Braves actually end up getting six runs off of Otani. Uh, this wasn't a close win. They end up winning that game eight to one, but that's just one that I remember of, you know, it was a, it was a really fun night, a fun win, um, but it was very close for a lot, uh, a lot of that game. Um, the Braves came back twice. This was, to me, I this might be one of those that you really star um, uh, in your mind, right? The Braves come back twice against the Astros in extra innings. This was the Matt Olson check swing uh, double game. You know, it's funny to think about. Maybe the Braves won the division on Matt Olson's check swing, right? I mean, that's uh, as crazy as a long baseball season is. Yeah, that had that kind of impact. Now, the, the Braves go on in August. Uh, we all unfortunately remember this. They, they lose four out of five games in New York. And that was 
one of the lowest moments of the season because you're really thinking at that point after you got so close that maybe this isn't going to happen. And then the Braves go into Boston right after that series, a little two-game series against Boston. Um, game one was a back-and-forth game, high-scoring game. Morton didn't have his best stuff that night. Uh, but the Braves end up winning that game in extra innings. Uh, it was a really big game for um, for Austin Riley. Uh, he almost had the cycle that game, had a triple and a home run. Uh, and the Braves end up winning that game 9-7 to seven in extra innings. And then game two of that series was Vaughn Grissom's debut. Of course, he hits a home run. It's his first hit in the majors and just exciting. And to me, that that little series was really important uh, because both of those games, well, the first game particularly was was really tightly played and uh, really important. So just emotionally, I feel like those two games were really important to um, getting back on track after really disappointing series in New York. Michael Harris's game-tying home run um, in Miami. It was a one nothing game. In the ninth inning, Harris hits a home run off of Scott. The Braves up, end up winning that game in extra innings. Um, that same series, the Chadwick-Tromp game. Remember Chadwick-Tromp coming in and, uh, and ha having three hits and three RBIs in a game that the Braves won 5-2? to two. That was in August. Um, do you remember the game that Vaughn Grissom scored from first on Michael Harris's single? I think they actually called it a double, but it was basically a single into center field. Um, Grissom was running on the play. That is a game they won three to two, basically off of that play, and they beat um, Jacob Degrom in that game. So that was a head-to-head -head one with the Mets, right? Uh, that goes different. Uh, if Washington doesn't send Grissom on that play, who knows? Contreras' infield single versus Miami in the clinching game. The Braves won that game 2-1. to one. Uh, It was a really ugly game. It was actually a really frustrating offensive game. But if, uh, if Contreras doesn't hu hustle out of the box on that play, who knows? Um, maybe the Braves get swept in Miami. That would have been a terrible way to go into the playoffs um, after sweeping New York. So, you know, so many moments, right? So many moments. It, a proof that all they all count. They all count. And the Braves also, you know, uh, dropped some that they probably should have won. But, man, I'm, I'm sure they won 101 games and not 100. So just so uh, so excited going into the, this playoff season. Uh, it will be interesting. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of the expanded playoffs, but I think they will be very exciting. I think it will be very interesting to see how this all plays out. And the Braves certainly are very happy to have a bye in that first round. Um, before I kind of get into just some really brief um, preview of what's to come, I did want to mention um, Charlie Morton. Uh, this is other Braves news. Charlie Morton signed a $20 million contract with a team option for 2024. This was kind of surprising. Not, in the, not that the Braves would want to bring back Morton, but he has struggled pretty mightily this year. Uh, the, the head scratcher here is that they would sign him for $20 million. That's a, that's a pretty big contract uh, for a guy who um, hasn't been as good as you were hoping he would be this season. Now, it does totally make sense they would want to bring Morton back in some regard. I mean, he, he is obviously, um, you know, he provides a lot of stability, even if you kind of consider him a fifth starter at this point in his career. Okay, that, that's fine. And a lot of stability and leadership in the clubhouse, certainly. It's the twenty million dollars. It's a little, um, little interesting. 
But I do have a little bit of a conspiracy theory for you guys on this. I think the Berets want to come into next year just solid with, you know, th this does kind of give them some certainty in their starting rotation. Um, my, my thought is I think the Braves are in love with Shohei Otani. I, I think he is exactly, you know, I've kind of already laid out um, a lot of what the Braves value in their clubhouse and their culture. I think Shohei Otani totally fits that. And um, he's going to be a free agent after next year. So having Morton back for one year, kind of solidifying that starting rotation, what happens after 2023, I think the Braves are going to go after Shohei Otani. I, will they sign him? I don't know. He's probably going to have the, the biggest contract in baseball history. Uh, here's a guy who is a Cy Young candidate and hitting 30 home runs a year. W what does that guy even, you know, what's the worth of that guy? But I do know this. The Braves are printing money right now with the battery and all of their success. Um, they can afford it if they want to go there. And I, again, Otani is known as one of the nicest guys in baseball. Um, it makes sense on so many levels. Uh, and so this kind of move, it, it was a little strange to me because they've been talking, you know, there have been a lot of rumors about the Braves might be interested in DeGrom in the offseason or, or something else. I think it probably takes them out of that, um, that sweepstakes. Um, and with DeGrom, too, you know, he has so many injury issues. I, I just don't know if the Braves would want to go there uh, as, as great as he is. But that being said, I think it takes them out of the DeGrom sweepstakes, but I think it puts them in the Otani sweepstakes. So uh, very interesting to see where that goes, uh, what the Braves will do with that. But th that's that's my take on it. So, you know, we'll see. All right. So obviously um, the playoffs coming up for the Braves, they're actually, the playoffs are already in, in swing here with the wild card games uh, being played. Very thankful the Braves don't have to play these games as a lot of the lower seeds took game one, uh, including the Padres crushing Mac Max Scherzer in the Mets last night. It was kind of, um, man, I'm glad I'm not a Mets fan because that, that would be, that would have been a painful night to be in the ballpark. And now the Mets entire season is on the line for two straight games. Uh, they are leaning on Jacob DeGrom. A lot of people are talking about DeGrom and, you know, he's got this blister issue and is that affecting him? He's had really uh, pretty pedestrian starts over the last four or five times he's been out. So, yes, he's Jacob DeGrom, but will he come out and dominate? Um, you know, the, the Padres have uh, have Snell going, so it's, it's going to be a very interesting night. Man, what if the Mets got swept out? this early that would be pretty uh pretty surprising and what a terrible way um to end their season uh of course as Braves fans we we wouldn't be hurt by that um but you know the the game that the Braves immediately are are really interested in is this Philadelphia St. Louis game the uh the Phillies took game one it was a really weird game uh, the St. Louis goes into the ninth inning up two nothing and then totally implode in the ninth um, something with, with pitchers right now and fingers, uh, Adam Helsley, the, the, the shutdown bullpen guy for St. Louis, uh, could not find the plate. He's got some finger issue as well. And then, um, the, his, you know, historically the, uh, the Cardinals are great defensive team. Their defense was really weird, uh, made, you know, had several plays they probably should have made in that, in that ninth inning. 
and then ends up uh, Philly scores six runs in the ninth inning and wins the game six to three. So uh, the Phillies could take that game if the if the Phillies win tonight, then uh, the Braves are going to play Philadelphia in the next series. But of course, uh, it could swing the other way as well. So we'll definitely be watching that. The Braves, uh, their plan was to rest. In fact, they've already done it. They've rested on Thursday and Friday. They will be playing kind of live BP, kind of simulation kind of kind of games uh, to make sure they're not too, you know, there's not too much rust before the NLDS starts. So they'll be kind of up um, and, and moving with those on those three days. Uh, it's very likely that Freed, Wright, and maybe Spencer Strider will be starting uh, in the NLDS in the first three games. Strider's the biggest question mark, and I think probably the biggest key to the Braves possibly repeating as champions this year. If Strider can go and can you know go at the level that he's been pitching at, uh, we know how good that is. And having three really, really good starters uh, is a whole lot better than having two good starters. Um, not a lot. I just don't have a lot of confidence at this point in Charlie Morton. Um, you know, if he's your fourth starter and and you throw him out there for, for one game in the NLDS or one game in the NLCS or World Series of the Braves get it that far, okay, that makes sense. Tons of playoff experience, all that stuff. But um, he just has not shown – enough to for me to really think that he can get more than that so spencer strider i don't think will be intimidated by anything uh related to uh the playoffs and i think he could be probably the biggest key to the braves uh doing this thing so uh really excited it's great you know postseason baseball is just a whole nother animal uh last year i i think back to it it seems like every game um, just, you know, my stomach was churning and, you know, tying in knots because just every game was close, nail biting and except for the final game, right? Braves finally had a, a comfortable game in game six and won the world series, but, but that's, that's baseball and that's baseball playoffs and it's fun. And, uh, that's where we are headed very soon for the Braves. It's great to, uh, again, have five straight now NL East division championships. Uh, this team is uh, not only real, set up really well for uh, this uh, this run, uh, this postseason, but long-term too. The Braves are going to be good for a long time. Uh, give a lot of credit to Alex Anthopoulos, to Brian Snicker, to the whole organization for setting this up so well. And um, a lot of good young players uh, that I think are going to be good for a long time. So Braves fans, we should be excited. And uh, man, let's, let's hope for a great postseason. Uh, my next... I'm going to try to do one more um, one more episode before the Braves uh, start their first game of the NLDS. I'll do a, a preview of that series uh, once we know who our opponent is, and uh, we'll go from there. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, and I will talk to you soon.